Grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and from our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is taken from our Gospel lesson. I'm just going to read these words once again. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, He appeared to Mary Magdalene, one out of whom He had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with Him and who were mourning and weeping when they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen Him. They did not believe it. Afterwards, Jesus appeared in different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating, and He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen Him after He had risen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Here ends our text. Well, we welcome all of our guests and visitors today, especially those who came today to witness this wonderful little baptism of Eleonora McFarlane. She, of course, has now, in accordance with these commands of Christ, she has been baptized into Christ. And she has received the benefits of all that Christ has gained for her through his suffering, death, and his cross. Now God has called us to enter into the world, and we are to proclaim what Jesus says in this text. But I will explain the gospel that we are to proclaim using the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He said, Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? How is it that we come to believe in this marvelous story? If you believe and you have stepped into the waters of baptism... This text tells you that you will be saved. And it tells us that if we do not believe, we will be condemned. What is it that led you to this faith, to believe? Did you believe, you think, because this was the opiate of the masses, like Karl Marx claimed that Christianity was a drug that people were taking so that they could kind of blind themselves to the reality of, of death. Well, if people believe because it's an opiate, there's always a better or more powerful drug that will come later, so that usually goes away. Is it that, that you believed because when you were young and you were naive like little children that Maybe somebody's told you the story about Jesus and coming back from the dead and that He takes us to heaven and that 
you believed like little children might believe in a fairy tale. My little granddaughter, we have a, we have a little tiny elf that we put into the flower pots and we told her that the elf was sleeping and she loves the story of the sleeping elf. But of course, things that are fairy tales aren't true and eventually we grow up and become cynical about whether or not fairy tales can do anything for us at all. Is it possible that you're just one of those down and out people that needs to be able to have some way of being able to get through your problems in life and that you've come to believe in Jesus because maybe he's going to help out, kind of like maybe a mountain climber who needs to get down the face of a cliff and he needs to be able to find a rope to meet that need. Did you come to believe because you needed somebody who was going to be able to help you through those trials in life? I suspect that even that eventually wears off. We say there are no atheists in foxholes. We say that because, of course, when the shelling stops, atheists are still atheists. And that's the way it is with ropes. When we need Jesus for just our problem or our trial, we're not really believing in him at all, are we? What is it that leads us to believe? Well, the Apostle Paul tells us in the book of Romans, he says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is in Paul's words as well in 1 Corinthians 15 where he says that we believe that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And it is that same word that is proclaimed to the world but it is a word that when it was proclaimed also God himself bore witness to those who were proclaiming it. We have come to believe because not only did Jesus do these things, not only are these things true, but they are things that are true because God himself has borne witness to the word that proclaims these things. The apostles, just like the prophets of old, could not just decide to be prophets and apostles. If they were going to proclaim God's word, God was going to have to authenticate them before the world with miracles. You remember the story of Moses who goes to Pharaoh and he stands before Pharaoh, let my people go. Right, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that you're from God. Just showed up after 40 years out in the wilderness and I'm supposed to let three million people leave. So God gives him one miracle after another and Pharaoh is beginning to get the idea but he still refuses to accept. And so God sends plagues, one and two and Finally, the tenth plague. And there they go up against the waters of the Red Sea, and God parts the waters of the Red Sea. I guess maybe now it's time to believe Moses. They get to the other side, and three million people need to eat for 40 years in the wilderness, and God gives them manna, and he gives them a rock, and he gives them water from the rock. All of these things were intended by God to let them know that what Moses was saying was his word. We have other examples in the Bible, but we have to always remember that when God gives us these examples, he is testifying and he is wanting us to believe. 
So we ask ourselves, are we believing because we just want to believe, like a person who needs a drug? Are we believing because we like fairy tales and it sounds really sweet? Are we believing because we just need a rope to get past our problems for the immediate moment? No. We believe because the message of this gospel was verified to us by God with miracles and with science. We know Pentecost is going to be happening, celebrating here in just a few weeks. There at the day of Pentecost, it was necessary for God to bear witness to those people who would bear witness to him. And there was the sound of a mighty wind, and there were flames of fire that went upon the heads of the apostles, and they spoke in languages they had never known before, in dialects as remote as possible, so that men might know that these people were not speaking for themselves, but they were speaking for the Holy Spirit. And then Peter begins to fulfill the words of this prophecy here in Mark, where he actually goes and heals a crippled person, a crippled beggar, there at the gates of the temple. Soon thereafter, he's arrested. And marvelously, an angel takes him through the gates and brings him out of that prison. Then the apostle Paul goes all through the world at that time, in Cyprus and Lystra and Corinth and Ephesus. And of course, in fulfillment also of these words, he goes to Malta, having been shipwrecked. And as the natives there are receiving them, and as they build a fire, this viper comes out of the wood and bites the Apostle Paul. And they get ready for him to die instantly. And he doesn't. He takes that deadly poison, and it doesn't kill him. And they begin to open up their hearts and their eyes and their ears to what it is that he might say. The leader of the Malta island grows and brings his father and Paul heals him. And they go and they grab everybody in the island that's sick and they bring him to Paul and he heals them too. Why was God doing all that? So that they might know that God was testifying to this person as a person who was speaking the words of God. But the greatest miracle of all was that miracle that took place on that Sunday morning. We all know it, don't we? That there Jesus rose from the dead, and by his resurrection we are given the promise in that proclamation that he died for our sins, that he was raised again in order that we might, by faith in him and through these waters of baptism, that we might enter into the same life that he now has himself. Yeah, he is alive. And in order to bear witness to that, for 40 long days he appeared off and on to his disciples, and the text tells us at one time even more than 500 at once. We don't even know if it was 500 people gathered as much as it was 500 people distributed and he appeared to them all at once. When something is so unbelievable, I guess it is somewhat natural for us to doubt. 
But the book of Hebrews says this, How shall we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation which was first attested by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it with signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Can we understand the doubt of those disciples? You know, in in a lot of respects, in many ways, that makes that text more believable than anything. Those people were not, according to some legend, people who immediately believed and accepted this. They were people like us who would say, I can't believe this. The disciples doubted, and he rebuked them for their faith. There were so many that became witnesses to the resurrection. Why was it that anybody even today would not believe. We probably find that there are some who don't believe because, my goodness, the people being raised from the dead is not an everyday occurrence in our life, is it? And that's something that we would find to be extraordinarily difficult to believe because it doesn't happen in our world and in our day. But the main reason why people don't believe those witnesses is because of their own stubborn hearts. The text says they stubbornly refuse to believe. I can sometimes understand that from an experience that I had once, too. There were five of us that were working on our cabin up in northern Minnesota in Canada. And at night, as we came back from having eaten on the other side of the lake, we didn't have any lights on the boat. And so as we were coming in the darkness onto the shoreline, we saw lights going back and forth on the shoreline and we discovered that there were people that were there on four-wheel drive vehicles to rob the place of these construction tools that were on the site. Later on, when we told others that we had seen these people there, that there were five of us that saw this happening, they said, we don't believe you. Why? They were just stubborn because they didn't want to believe us. Five people. Wouldn't you believe it? But what about 500? Would you believe it then? Yeah, we have been called to witness to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and we have been called to go out into the world and to tell the whole world about what it is that has happened. Yeah, this is not something that we need to make up. It's not something that people believe because they want to believe fairy tales. This is something that has the testimony of almost 2,000 years of scriptural testimony that tells us that not only Jesus was going to suffer, die, and rise again, but also that he has. And the truth no longer rests upon us to prove it, It has already been proven. So when we have to share, we listen to these words, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized, our little baby today, baptized, will be saved. That is 
what we witness. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. That He was buried. That He was raised the third day according to the Scriptures. And that He appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. And after that, He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time. Believe. And you will be saved. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard and keep your thoughts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.